Alright, we've been on this deal of uh, spiritual warfare for quite a while now. And uh, I hope you're not getting tired of it because it's very important. Very important stuff. This here may seem a little bit different, but it's not. It's uh, we. I've been wanting to... When looking at Ephesians chapter 6 and the armor and all that and studying about that, but I feel like the Lord led me to this thought here tonight. And let's look in verse 13. 6, Ephesians 6, 13. Alright, the Bible says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I've mentioned to you before, but that word evil, we we take it to mean sinful, but it's really, what it means is trouble. Yeah. Trouble. That evil day. That's what he's saying there. Taking to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And haven't done all to stand. Well, the reason is because most people, that's where they fall. It's where they stumble. When you have trouble in your life. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. There's a battle going on between good and evil. And your faith in God is the target of Satan. I mean, that's what he wants to destroy. Right. He wants you to not believe in God. Not trust God. He, and make it more plain. He wants you to doubt God. He wants you to question God. He wants you to look at the situation and the circumstances around you and say, you know, why? Why has God let this happen to me? If God loves me and if God's all that I've heard He is, then how come this is happening? Why did this happen? Well, believing and trusting in God is the final goal of everything that God is doing in every life. Do you realize that? that every, have you ever backed up and looked at your life and realized how, <laughs> seen in hindsight, how God worked in your life? Every step of the way, along the way. You didn't know it then. You didn't know what was happening. It seemed like trouble. But the trouble turned into blessing. <laughs> everything God does in our life, everything God allows in our life, is to bring us closer to Him. Whether we pass or fail the test, that's, that's up to us. You know. Satan is striving to get men to not trust God. That's what he's doing. He's been doing it since Genesis chapter 3 when he said to Eve, Yea, hath God said. And then when he said, Ye shall not surely die. See what he did? I mean, he planted doubts in her mind. He sowed questions in her mind about what she believed, what she knew, what she had been told by her husband and by God. Now, life's full of trouble, whether you're saved or lost. I hope you realize that, and I hope you know that. And I hope you haven't listened to TV preachers and all of this, these nutcases nowadays who try to tell you that just get saved and everything will be all right. Jesus is your way maker, your problem solver. Now, I hope you understand things better than that. Because that's just not the way it is. Job said, "Man is full of born of, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble." <laughs> As the sparks fly upward, because that's the that's a certain thing. It's kind of like saying, "As sure as the sun comes up in the east." Yeah. Job fourteen one, First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen says this: 
There's no, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God, what's, what's common to man? Temptation. What is temptation? I mean, it's trial. It's not just the enticement to sin. It's also the enticement not to believe God. I mean, that's really the bottom line of all sin is to get you, before you can go off into some sin, you have to stop trusting God. In fact, you have to go back like in Romans 1, like we've talked about so much, you have to quit glorifying God as God by taking your counsel from somewhere else. But he said, such is common to man, but God is faithful. Now the Bible says that. The devil will tell you different. And that's the questions that will float through your mind when trouble comes into your life. You're going to say, why? You're going to ask other people, why do you think this? I mean, what is God? Why would God do this? Hmm. God's faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That'll help you in your trouble. If you realize that God's not going to let anything come on you that you're not able to bear. So if it's on you, then you might as well figure God thinks you can make it. Amen. That's helped me through some hard ones, I'll tell you for sure. It was what I needed to get me through. All trouble's not the wrath of God. You know, I don't know, You got, everybody's younger than me now, and I know you don't. But I remember a time when people talked about the chastening of the Lord a lot. And every time somebody in the church would have trouble, well, wonder what they've been up to. You know, they had that kind of ideas about things. If you had trouble, must mean you've been sinning. That sounded like Job's friends to me. But that, that was common. God's things are not going well for you, so you've got to be doing something wrong. But the, all trouble's not the wrath of God. You know, what I read in the Bible is when God judges and punishes sin, His wrath is poured out on the wicked, and the righteous are spared. They're taken care of. Sodom, I mean, the whole world when in, in Noah's day. Uh, when he, uh, Israel went into captivity, <laughs> yeah. I mean, where were Daniel and, and the Hebrew boys? I mean, where were they sitting? In prison somewhere? Yeah. No, man, they sitting in the seat of the government before long. Yeah. <clears throat> Mordecai, all that. Well, therefore, when we see trouble in the lives of the righteous, we can know that it's not the wrath and judgment of God, but it's something else. Don't be like Job's friends. Don't be such a judge as that. When you see somebody having trouble, I don't mean that something they've done something wrong, necessarily. Right. Yeah. Amen. You're right. God chastens His children, but all troubles are not the chastening of the Lord. It may be allowed by God as a preparation for things in your future that you know nothing about yet. Now, when Job, when it started out, God said of Job, he is a perfect man. No pride. <laughs> so why did all this trouble come? Well, the friend says because he's been a, I mean, he's been sneaking around, he's been stealing from widows, he's been immoral. That's how come this happened. We know. Can't be any other way. They were so wise. <laughs> 
But it wasn't that way at all. What did Job need improving on? Well, God said he was perfect. Well, that's complete. That's mature. I mean, that's... But was Job improved when it was all over? Yes, he was. He said, before, I'd heard of you with my ear, but now mine eye seeth. Therefore, I repent and <laughs> sackcloth and ashes. He was better when it was all over for the trouble. It's always that way. It's always that way. It may be allowed by God as preparation for things in your future that you don't know anything about yet. Have you ever experienced anything like that? You came to a place and you finally understood what that trouble back there provided for you now? If you hadn't had that experience and that trouble, then you'd have been in trouble now. But because of what God in His divine wisdom and His mercy and love did for you back there with allowing a little trouble in your life. You do that with your children, don't you? I mean, if you love them, you do. You let them have a little trouble. Because that's the way we learn. <laughs> and you think our Heavenly Father don't do better with us than we do with our children in this thing? It may be allowed by God in order to shape us into a vessel that He can use in the future to rescue somebody else from destruction. And in fact, you know, in the book of Corinthians, that's what it tells us. That we can comfort them with the comfort wherewith we were comforted of God. Trouble in anyone's... I mean, it's just not always punishment. It's not always God's... Uh, uh, not wrath, but it's not God's disapproval of us that brings trouble in our life. You know, why does, that doesn't make sense to me. If the Spirit of God lives in us, then, and He's the Comforter, and He's the one that guides us into all truth, why, does God, why would God have to beat His children with a stick and cause them to have all kinds of trouble and sorrow to teach them something? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, He shouldn't have to. Now maybe when you're a very young Christian, like a young child, there's not much other, you don't, you're limited in your influence over them when they're little, but as they get bigger, you shouldn't have to do that. And I don't believe God has to do that either. I think the Holy Spirit of God living in us and what the old timers call the checks is enough. You know, you hear people, and it's common. I hear them talking about it. They talk about it like they, they did, they committed some carnal sin, and then the Holy Ghost convicted them about it. That is not how it works with a child of God. You don't just bail all blindly into sin, and then the Holy Ghost convicts you about it. No, you got to resist God. You got to fight against God. You got to listen to the devil, and you got to work that out in your mind before you do it. The Spirit of God convicts you before. I thought we walked after the Spirit. I didn't think He walked after us. I don't think that's the way it is either. Trouble in anyone's life can simply be the natural result of sin. I want you to think about this. Not only in the life of the one who has the trouble, but in the lives of others. I mean, what I'm saying to you, sin affects everyone and especially those who are closest to you. So a lot of times our trouble is the direct result of someone else's sin and not necessarily our own. 
I know what that means. Other people's sins hurt you, cause trouble in your life. Children, spouses, family, even people you work with, anybody that's around you, their sin is going to affect you and not in a good way. It's going to cause trouble for you. Mm -hmm. And we could elaborate on that a little bit, but I mean, trouble in your life can be from a source outside of you. Just because you're right with God, you're ready to go to heaven, don't mean you're not going to have any trouble. Don't mean that that trouble's not going to come from somebody else. We're, whatever the source and cause of our trouble, we're sure to have some in our life. That's just a fact of the matter. And the reason I'm talking about this is because of the verse we read. Wherefore, taking to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Going to be able to stand. I mean... When trouble comes, are you going to make it? Or is the devil going to defeat you there? Hmm? I mean, that's, it's so easy to prove this in the Bible. Right. All the way through it. That's what, that's what it talks about in different situations. Now, the issue in times of trouble is whether we'll trust God or not. <laughs> now, what I say? And it's true. That's what Satan is about. I mean, it's, he's striving to get men to not trust God. That's his M.O. That's how he works. That's, that's the juggler that he goes for every time when you have trouble. He's just like a lion. A roaring lion that goeth about seeking whom he may devour. You, you ever watch those things? I mean, how? Do, which ones, you know, which ones do they go after? Well, the easiest ones. The ones that are in trouble. The ones that are separated a little bit. The ones that are slower. You get in just a little bit of trouble, and he's on you. You better believe it. Yes. Trouble is Satan's opportunity to accuse God. I've, I've just preached and preached and preached to you. Where's the battle at? The spiritual battle. Where's it at? In your mind. And that's where he's going to get you. When trouble comes along, you're going to hear the voice. Well, I don't understand why this is happening. Why? I mean, I thought I did right. I thought I was right with God, and I did what God wanted me to. Why? There, It's going to come. Guarantee you. All right? Now, we've been through this for months and months. Does that sound like the voice of the Spirit of God to you? Hmm? Does that sound like the voice of the shepherd? No. No. Well, who in the world would say something like that in your mind? A devil. It's where the spiritual battle's at, right here. And, that, and it's those voices that you hear. He doesn't go about it lightly and easily either. I mean, he pours it on with all the force he can muster. You're in trouble. And you're shaken. You're in doubt. You're confused. And he's going to come at you. Then he's going to come at you strong. He's not just going to whisper to you. I mean, he's going to overwhelm you with arguments Mm -hmm. against God. Against your walk with God. Against what you've done so far and how you've come along. I've I've talked to a lot of people, you know, and I I still do. Uh, I've seen a lot of people and heard them talk about they're all confused because they made a choice and then and thought they did what God wanted them to do, and then later they they doubt 
Because it didn't turn out like they thought it would. Don't ever question in the dark what you decided in the light. That's just a rule you need to go by. I've made decisions too. And, and I'm not going to dig in my past and try to figure out if I was out of the will of God or if I would, you know, I'm glad for where I am right now. Old Samuel, we decided, I was thinking about it the other day. He set up a great stone and called it Ebenezer. Why? Because thus far the Lord has helped us. Uh, hitherto, that's right, that's the word. Hitherto the Lord has helped us. It is like a scotch. Put this rock down. Now we made it this far with the Lord's help. We ain't backing up. We ain't going back from this. You know, that's the way they used to have to do the old cars and trucks, you know, and they wouldn't pull the hill. They had somebody out there with a scotch, so when it stalled out, they'd throw a scotch under the wheel so they wouldn't lose ground. We need to do that. You need to set up your Ebenezer. God brought me here. I got no regrets. If I did, that's, God will figure that out and tell me about it later. If I hadn't chose, I've thought about things that I've chosen to do in the past and where it led and how it, man, some of it was a terrible failure and disaster, looks like, but it led me to where I am now. Yes, sir. I want to back up. Yeah. And I'm not going to let the devil talk me into believing that this is all a mistake. <laughs> no, no, no. You can be sure he's not going to miss that opportunity. Trouble in our lives is his opportunity because it's so easy for him to point out all the reasons you can't and should not trust God. It's easy for him to do. Trouble in our life always seems unjust to us. It's always real easy to feel that you don't deserve this in your life. That's the first thing that'll come in your mind. I don't deserve this. Why? Why? I don't deserve this. You hear that voice. Yeah. Be prepared. You're going to be able to stand in the evil day when that voice is in your mind. It's very easy to remember the good things that you've done and how unfair God must be to allow such trouble to come upon you. Say, I would never do that. Depends on how bad the trouble is. Tell you that right now. I'm not talking about a flat tire or, you know, losing your job or something like that. I mean, all that's kind of bad stuff, you know. That's bad stuff can happen to you, but, I mean, uh, we really don't even know the depths of what can happen. Tell you, you this is common to man, common to man. And all men are going to do the same thing. You're going to assess things and you're going to say, well, I thought I did what God wanted me to do. Is this what I get? I've heard people say it with words. You know, I did what I thought God wanted me to do and I just ended up in trouble. Trouble! God just took me out on a limb and left me hanging. It's very easy to think on others who are far more worthy of this trouble than yourself. <laughs> and yet their lives are undisturbed. Everything goes well for them. Do you ever think like that? Do you ever think, you know, I've done, I've done better than so and so? Psalmist did too. Psalm seventy-three. You ought to read this whole psalm. And I'm just going to read twelve through fourteen. 
He said this, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. They do, don't they? They don't have no trouble. Making money, getting rich, living high. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. This is what my life's about. Trouble and plagued and, and chastened. And they're just sailing along. No problem. He said, I was, he said my foot was well nigh to slip until I went into the sanctuary. There I, then I understood their end. Then he went to praising God for what he had, how his life was. And it wasn't so, that's the devil lying to your mind. And I promise you, that's what you're going to hear when you have trouble. So, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When that bad day, the worst day of your life happens, you'll be able to praise God, trust God, and not waver. That's what Job did. Everybody tried to get him to, to just say something against God. He wouldn't do it. And all this, Job sinned not with his lips or, or charged God foolishly. He didn't do it. Charge God foolishly. Because that's what people do in their trouble. When they listen to those voices of the devil in the mind. Trouble always seems to us to be a hindrance to doing good. Why did this have to happen? Right when I was doing good. Paul, why did he end up in jail? You know. When Paul ended up in jail, remember Paul and Silas in jail? <laughs> what were they doing? Singing psalms at midnight. They wasn't sitting there saying, oh man, our ministry's over. We, if we'd have just kept our mouths shut for a minute, this wouldn't have happened to us. Now, now we're just plumb out of the will of God. What in the world are we going to do now? We can't preach? Can't. That's, uh-uh. That was not the attitude at all. Do you think the devil didn't whisper that in their ears? I guarantee you he did. But he knew better. He's the one that wrote these words down. Wherefore? Put on the whole armor of God. She may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. You don't get defeated and you don't back up and you don't quit. Even if you lose everything, if everything's gone, you still stand. You ain't backing up. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. And he said unto me, Paul, you all are familiar with this, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, my infirmities, and the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in infirmities, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Now come on, do you take pleasure in your troubles? Well, sound to me like we we ought to if we're growing and maturing in our faith in God, looks to me like that's where we ought to come to. When trouble comes, we ought to recognize it as a, a test, as a door into another level. Because that's the way it is. I'm telling you. 
That's the way it works. I'll get to it in a second here. But he said, for, for Christ, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul had prayed three times, you know, Lord, take this thorn away from me. It's hindering me. I can't do what I need to do. It's holding me back. It's pulling me down. It's slowing me down. Please, Lord, take it away. You know, reasoning with the Lord and counseling the Lord about this problem. Lord, you just need to take this away because I can do better without it. <laughs> what did the Lord say? No. 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 Three times. So Paul said, okay. I understand. Because of our tendency to be selfish in our thinking and the deceitfulness of the heart. We're very vulnerable to the devil's accusations against God during times of trouble. I'm just saying that when you're in trouble, you're weak. What's your trouble? Sickness. I know a lot of people has got sickness. You know, dad's not healthy. And it gets to where it's, a, it's the main thing in your life. You know, a lot of these people we mentioned in our prayer quest, man, got cancer. I mean, it, it's, it's a thing that consumes their life and their mind and everything. Don't let, and I see it happening. A lot of people will let the devil win the battle through a sickness or some, of some kind. There's all kinds of other troubles that come in our life. And, and people, if you're not careful, that's how the devil will get you. He'll get you so wrapped up in whatever's wrong that you forget about God and what you're supposed to be doing and what you're supposed to be thinking. And life just becomes all about that. Talked to somebody the other day, right out of here. And I told her after afterward, I said, you know, it's sad because that's become all that their life is about. Church is out. Preaching's out. You know, any, there's no vision for anything else. It's just all about this. And the devil wins. Yeah. 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 Well, where did you get there? Well, yeah... Well, we'll see. But I don't intend to let the devil defeat me. Yes. I mean, I'm thinking ahead. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do tonight. Think ahead. Yes. Yeah. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. Because if you don't put on the whole armor of God, you're not going to be able. Right. And you'll end up captive of the devil. In some way or another, you're going to be captive of the devil. The problem with our view of trouble is that we don't have a long enough view. We just think, I'm in trouble, and this is it forever. I mean, how's this ever going? There's some troubles that just seem like there's. I don't see any way out of this, and I don't see how life will ever be any better or any. We got too short of view, too short-sighted. You don't look. You're not looking at things through the mind of Christ. You're not looking at it from God's perspective. I've always told the kids, if you don't like it today, just hang on, because things are always changing. Sometimes they change for the better, and sometimes they change for the worse, and that's the way life is. Get used to it. It's always going to change. Troubles don't stay. I mean, troubles are like a storm. It comes through, and then it blows by, and it changes things. You go out from here to our house, there was a tornado came through there in 2011. That's 10 years ago. You can still see what it did. I mean, it changed the landscape. Yes, it did. 
And that's what trouble does in your life too. It changes things. But if God let it blow through, it'll be for the better. There will be benefits to it. We see only the immediate effects and we feel the immediate pain. It's hard for us to look farther down the road and see what good can come out of this. Because God doesn't let us see that then. None of us ever have trouble and we say, well, I know what this is for. <laughs> no, we don't understand. We're there and we're just... And that, that is where our weak point's at, where the devil can get in our mind and start accusing God. Don't let him do it. Don't give place to the devil. Right there. Don't give place to the devil. Stand. Say no. Do like Job did. To his own wife, he said, you're talking like a foolish woman. God gave and God took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, sir. <laughs> Don't you know God smiled? Because God had faith in Job. That's why he said to Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? Satan said, let me at him. I'll get him. I, I Just let me... Take his stuff and he'll curse you to your face. See what the devil wants to do? See what he wants to do with you and me and everybody? God said, go ahead. And he wouldn't do it. And all this. <laughs> Job didn't charge God foolishly or sin with his lips. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked came I from my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's what the devil wants to do. One of the results of the trouble is that we come out of it with a broader, longer view of everything. Yeah. Always. We always do. No matter the trouble, you're going to be wiser. You're going to have a bigger view of things. You're going to have more understanding if you're a child of God. I mean, it even works. Lost people learn from their trouble and get wiser in the world and life here. Mercy. What about a child of God? It makes us more like God and more able to understand the whole scheme of things. And it strengthens us against the wiles of the devil here that he's talking about. The tricks of the devil. The lies of the devil. Now the key to winning any battle is to be prepared ahead of time. That's why we're talking about this tonight. No war is ever won by simply skipping along and enjoying life until the enemy's invaded and then hoping for supplies and help and means to come out of the sky somewhere. That's the way most Christians live their life. This happy, 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 and then blam! And then it's like, oh Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. And the devil jumps right in the middle of it and starts reasoning with you right here. War never comes by surprise except to those who are blind and stupid. That's right. War clouds, everybody can see them. Anybody that's got any sense can know when war is coming. You ought to know that in your life. We ought to have enough foresight. We ought to have enough prudence. We ought to have enough wisdom to see trouble before it just runs us plumb over. Trouble should not be a surprise when it enters our lives. You know it's coming. Do you know it's coming tonight? I mean, I'm telling you, 
Man is born a woman, is a, full, is a few days and full of trouble. You think you got her made. <laughs> from here on out, it's just four-lane highway to heaven. No problem. Boy, these four-lane highways are up <laughs> there. The broad road and everybody's on it. That's what it is. It ain't comfortable. You're going to have trouble in your life. I'm going to have more trouble in my life. I, I, I know that. Are you ready for it? Are you prepared for it? You made up your mind what you're going to do? Yeah, are you guarding any gates or doors? I mean, you got any doors locked? Or are you just floating along thinking everything's going to be okay? God will take care of me. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Well, since we know for sure that it's coming, we ought to prepare for it. Or we'll be defeated when it happens. And that's very important. Prepare. God's people need to take unto them the whole armor of God that they may be able to stand in the evil day and not get knocked down. If you're if you're not standing, what are you? Well, you're knocked down. Each one of us needs to learn to trust God in the daytime before we will be able to trust Him in the night. You can learn to trust Him by just taking the long look. We can read. We've got all kinds of history. You've got your Bible that you can read all kinds of history in of the lives of people who've lived for thousands of years before us. And what do we read about in here in their lives? Trouble. All of them had trouble. And we, get, we can read how they dealt with it. And we can see clearly the difference between the ones who were prepared and able to stand and the ones who didn't. And so you just simply make your choice. They were prepared, the ones that stood. Look at the lives of others who've lived in the past and finished their course. I think it's Don Boyd said one time, he said, never make heroes of men who still live in wise saying. Wait till they're dead. Wait till they've finished their course. Before you set them up for an example and, and a hero of some kind. The Bible's full of that. Now, they're all, these are all recorded so that we can see that God is faithful. And that troubles have a purpose and that God has a plan. That's why they're all written in this book right here. If God works that way in the lives of others, surely He'll work that way in mine. Well, why am I any different than all of them? That's what the whole Bible teaches. These things were written for our examples, for us to learn from. If God works that way in others' lives, He'll work that way in mine. You can learn to trust God by learning and knowing of His true character from the Word of God. You can read the book here and see what He's done, what He's always done and how He's done it. And you can know what kind of a a character God is. Two, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. The Bible says this, and I've read this verse a lot in this preaching here that we've been doing, but casting down imaginations and every high thought 
or every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You must believe the Word of God and not the fancies of men and women, other people. You've got to believe what the Bible says. You'll be able to stand, then you've got to believe what God's Word says. That is what God said. God's Word is what He said. The whole goal of the devil is to get you to doubt what God said, to question what God said, and to reject what God said. You gotta believe the word of God. You got you have a you, you know we got an abundance of idolatry in our time that most don't even recognize. Sad. Yep. All this nonsense going on in all the churches and most people, most people who claim to be Christians don't even recognize it. It's idolatry and ungodliness. Well, they say they're Christians. You know they sing songs and all of this. They sang Christian songs. Yeah. Don't recognize it. Faith in God, to most people, is more akin to believing in the tooth fairy or Santa Claus than real biblical faith. And most Bible teaching and preaching encourages it to be no more than that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I've heard them mock at deeper life or understanding or learning anymore That kind of faith will not stand in times of trouble. And that's why so many fall by the wayside. That's why they can't hang on to anybody. Not prepared for trouble and what the devil does to them there in their minds and thoughts. Not prepared. Trying to help you a little bit tonight. Simple message. Better look out. Trouble's coming and the devil's going to get you in your mind. Like he does every other way. But this is one of those spots where you're vulnerable, where you're weak, where he always gets you and he doesn't miss a chance. You got trouble? Brace yourself for his attack. You learn to trust God in the little matters of life before you'll be able to trust him in the depths. Minor setbacks and discouragement. I've seen people fall plumb out over minor things. Minor discouragements. I've seen people survive major, major trouble. Survive. Then I've seen others bail over some stupid little thing that didn't amount to nothing. And the minor conflicts and disappointments in other people. What are you looking at other people for anyway? You're supposed to be looking at God. You're supposed to have your eyes on Christ. You're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit of God and have your nose in His book and learning. What are you doing looking at other people and deciding what you're going to do and what and how God is and whether God's faithful or not by looking at other people that are not faithful. Having done all to stand. If you're prepared, you'll be able to stand when everything around you has been blown away. Psalm 46, verse 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength. Is that right? Is that true for you? Is He your refuge and strength? God! Not the sympathy of other people. Not the counsel of other people. God! A very present help in trouble. 
is a yes. Yep. He don't always bail you out of the trouble, but I guarantee you that he'll be there to comfort you and strengthen you. In the troubles where you know the very presence of God. It's like Brother Kenny, man, what, you know, him testifying to that? (laughs) It's true. I don't believe he's faking. I don't believe he's lying. I don't believe he's just pretending and trying to be strong for everybody. I believe that's real. You walk with God in the light and he'll be with you. When the trouble comes. Yep. He sure will. Therefore, God's might a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we will not we be <laughs> therefore will not we fear. It's hard to say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. <laughs> Most people are scared when it thunders. Yeah. Yeah. And though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, we're not going to fear. Because God's my refuge and my strength and a very present help in time of trouble. There's big trouble here. But God's still God. Nothing to fear. When all hope has seemed to disappear. You ever been there? When you just can't see no farther than this, whatever it is in front of you. When no one can give you any explanation or reason, and you can't give it any to anyone else. I mean, you ever have anybody ask you, why? Why did this happen to me? Why? Why did the Lord take my wife, my husband? Why did the Lord? There's no answer. You ever try to uh, explain anything like that to somebody who's in trouble like that? You can't. When all reasoning and visible evidence seems to prove that God has abandoned you and not kept His promises. I mean, here's some verses that says this, and but that's not true in my life. Oh, the devil will... He's he's an expert at the Word of God and using it to... It's what he always does. It's what he did in the garden. It's what he did with the Lord when he was tempted in the wilderness. All When all reasoning and visible evidence seems to prove... I mean, the circumstances seem to prove that God just didn't keep His Word. When all the evidence suggests that God has indeed rewarded you evil for good. When you have no place to stand upon. Nothing left but God and your faith in Him. If you're prepared, you'll be able to stand when it's like that. This depends on what you've made up your mind about. You see? A lot of people say they believe in God, but that's just words. The test, the the, the test proves the the reality of your faith. Okay, I got this couple of three verses here to read, and four, and then we'll I'll be done. But let me just read you some scriptures here out of the 
out of the When you have no place to stand upon and all hope's gone, when you have nothing left but God and your faith, you understand what I'm saying? Well, listen to Paul, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. What's he got? Nobody. Nothing. There he stands. And he's changed. And they all split. <laughs> They're gone. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. How about that? He's in trouble. And everybody done forsook him. He's got no help. Nobody. Even his friends. People he thought he could count on. Gone. Nevertheless, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That by me the preaching might be fully known. And that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. There's some more trouble yet. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. And, I, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what he said. <laughs> See, that's what I need. That's what you need to know. You need to be prepared so you can do that too. Amen. What are you going to do when you're all alone? When there's nobody to stand with you. When there's nobody to pat you on the back, nobody's shoulder to cry on, nobody's sympathetic ear, you going to be able to stand? First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. The, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went, on, which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. See, Paul, talking to Timothy, same thing I'm saying here tonight. Trying to, he said, I want you to be prepared. Yes. So you can fight a good fight. Yes. Fight fight a good fight. What's that fight about? What have we been talking about all these months? Right. It's the spiritual battle. It's right here. Fight a good fight. Don't let the devil defeat you with his lies. Psalm twenty five, verse one two. A Psalm of David. Oh, I can almost recognize him anyway, can't you? <laughs> Under thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Hear song. Amen. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. You want the devil to triumph over you? Because you got in trouble and he got to you. One more verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be to, unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. Oh, they're just so full of... Man, they're so full of preaching there. So full of good food for your soul. Assurance. Things you can hang on to. Man, you ought to put all that in your, in your quiver and have it. On hand. <laughs> Don't be weak. Stand. In what? In the power of God. In the strength of His might. Alright, Father, we thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the...
the encouragement this tonight that I've gotten from this. I hope somebody else got some help from it. I pray you'd help us to be prepared as we've talked about here. We've read from the scripture. We've seen it very clearly. Uh, we To fight a good fight and to be able to stand in the evil day, we need to put on the whole armor of God. We need to be prepared. We need to be expecting it. We need to be aware of the enemy and not let him in. Deny him entry the minute he knocks on our door of our mind. I pray everybody to understand this, Lord. Help us tonight, I pray. Thank you for the sweet assurance and the good verses here that <laughs> that are written forever for us to turn to again and again and again. Thank you for your word. Please watch over us now and as we go from here and help us bless our lives that we might be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.